Everybody, welcome to another episode of Cape Town. It's a superhero podcast about superhero things. I am Tyler Huckabee. I'm Hannah Mazel. And I'm Ryan Ham. And this week we are talking about Loki. We uh, last week, if you caught last episode, we did a deep dive into the really like probably uh, I'd say maybe an ill-advised like ten minute deep dive into about a thousand centuries of Loki. Thousand centuries, <laughs> not quite. <laughs> but, but that would be, but uh, but a lot of Loki lore going back to like the very early uh, the to to Norse to Norse folklore up through his Marvel Comics appearances and through today. Uh, today, Ryan and Hannah are here, and we're going to be talking a little bit about some of his comic book appearances and what we're expecting from the show, which is going to be coming up the Wednesday after you all hear this, I think, if all goes according to plan. But yeah. for we, we will get into that. There's a lot to talk about there, obviously. But first, we are going to talk about a few news items. There's quite a bit of like Marvel kind of interesting Marvel news this week, and then DC has one or two things. The first thing, Hannah, you said you hadn't seen any of Hulu's new Modoc show that is starring and I think created by or produced by Patton Oswalt, or he was involved yeah. in the writer's room in some capacity. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen it, although it has been advertised to me on several different platforms, yeah. like <laughs> aggressively. <laughs> Their SEO targeting has, a, has like right between wow. the eyes. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. We are the target. <laughs> and they can't even get you. They, they, they haven't. Well, you've been too busy with Mare of Easttown to, oh, for any other yeah. show. Oh, oh, Lord. Yeah. I'm recovering right now emotionally. <laughs> How are we all caught up? I haven't seen I, any I, of it. Yeah, I am. We won't we won't pivot into a Mare of East Ten East Town uh, fan podcast, but it's close. Okay, maybe. I might just have to do it tonight. Now that everybody's recording. now that it's all out of the way, maybe I'll get to that. Yeah, it's but, only it's only seven hours. Just knock it out. <laughs> That's it's one of it's those. It's worth it. Like, you could do it one night, okay. man. Yeah. It's that good. All right. Hannah, your tweets were very about it. Were very were the, were the thing that made me more than anything like really interested in seeing it because you talked. Oh, about, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. You gave it a hard sell. Oh, I mean, it's real. I I have to say that all like the hype that anyone has been saying about it, honestly, it's deserved. It is just excellent television. Uh, it's. And it's, you know, I was talking to uh, Justin, my husband, about this last night. And I, I think this doesn't spoil too much, but it's actually quite, it's, it's a murder, you know, drama. It's quite wholesome. You know, like the sentiment Ooh. and the tone of it is wholesome, which, which, which surprised me. It's all part the of the Gene Smartessence. <laughs> yes. Oh, Gene <laughs> Smart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Cape Town Podcast is very pro Gene Smart. We've talked about her a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. I think off book, but, but uh, I do like her. I... I am interested in. I honestly just haven't. I feel like hour long H, hour, the hour long drama thing. I'm finding less and less time in my life for, which yeah. was at least part of the appeal to watching Modoc. You can knock those out in 25 minutes. Yeah, a yes. little 25 minute guys. So what's what have think, you guys Ryan? seen them? I watched about three. Okay, I've only seen the first episode. Um, I think it's pretty funny. I. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it definitely. You can tell it's made by the robot chicken people. Mm-hmm. A lot of the like the animation looks really similar, and even some of the kind of scatter shot. Sometimes it veers a little too into like Family Guy territory for my taste, where it's just sort of like these non sequiturs piled on top of each other. 
but then, you know, I think other times it's pretty funny. And Patton Oswalt is great as the voice. And Ben Schwartz is in it, too, is uh, Modoc's kids um, or Modoc's son. So yeah. it's got a great, I mean, it's got a great voice cast. It's pretty funny. I like the thing I particularly liked was that it is sort of a running joke that AIM is very stupid, um, which I think is has been needed to have been talked about for a long time. So I liked that. They do they they do a good they use aim as like a way to sort of skewer corporate like like corporate tech bro culture yeah in some ways that I found that I found pretty entertaining I would agree I would say that I gen, that I'm so far generally enjoying it and we'll probably finish it it wasn't quite the slam dunk that it, I think the joke it's one of the there's like a gag a second so yeah. they're flying fast and furious at you and I would say they're probably hitting for me right now at like a 60-40 hit-to-miss ratio. Yeah. Is this an yeah, adult-only right. show? Yeah. Or it's, it it's pretty teens? violent. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty violent. It is not, it's not quite as gleefully unhinged as maybe some robot chicken stuff gets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which Family I Guy think is, is pretty actually... Good. Family Guy is a pretty good comparison, yeah. probably. It's not quite as anarchistic. And I think maybe. that's kind of what hurts it, is that it's not as unhinged because <laughs> you can see, yeah. like, they want to, but then there's, like, the Disney leash that, like, mm. hinders them, I think, from going as far as they could. But, I mean, I do, I sort of understand that, too, because then I also, part of the reason I was interested in it was because I read that it's canon in the MCU, which yeah, is wild. Apparently, so. apparently it's being considered, <laughs> this is in the MCU is it, timeline. Mm-hmm. Is it in its own, like, world is it like in another reality probably but they haven't okay. explicitly said that like iron man makes an appearance he's voiced by john ham in a pretty short cameo yeah and it's it does go like there is a narrative thread like they are kind of following modok's um like surprisingly normal marriage to this wannabe yeah. <laughs> uh instagram influencer who seems like a like a genuinely good person who, for reasons unknown, supports her husband's evil schemes to overthrow the world, but doesn't seem to be a supervillain herself. She just is, she's like a homemaker with living with the kids. And there, there's yeah. a lot of really good stuff in it. I can't help but compare it to the Harley Quinn show, Hannah, that you and I have mm, watched a lot of, yeah. and it really suffers in comparison to mm, okay. Harley Quinn, which pulls we're, off a lot of the same. Totally unhinged, by the way. Yeah, completely like unhinged. Quinn. Yeah. But I think also Harley Quinn can deliver on really emotional relationship moments when mm. it wants to and frequently does. And this show might be able to get there, but it did not immediately grab me as with this as that it it didn't seem quite as smart or quite as maybe that there's it feels like Harley Quinn does have a little bit longer leash to really go after some of the stuff that it's parodying and it you kind of can feel the suits at Disney pulling Modoc back a little bit, saying mm. we have to yeah. protect these characters the, for our for the summer movies. But I would yeah. say I, I'm uh, I'm saying the things I don't like about it, even though there were quite a few things that I did. Is it just one episode out right now? They dropped the whole or, season, I think. Oh, the whole. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, think I, I, I didn't yeah. think that Hulu did that. I thought Hulu was like I, run I, by the I think, cable I think you could overlords. Binge it all. Binge it all time. Oh, if you want okay. To. Yeah. So this is like it's complete now. So we're yeah. okay. I these think are fully so. formed yeah. opinions now. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of movies, we did get our first like full Eternals trailer, uh, which ha- it's been a couple of weeks now because it came out right after we recorded the last episode with with all of you guys. And uh, d- yeah, now we all seen it. What'd you think? Uh, I like that. I still have no idea what the movie's about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's definitely That's a true. teaser. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's more a look and feel to you because the look and feel is pretty distinctive. Yeah, and I, I mean, that's what stuck out. That's what stuck out to me the most. I think is just like you know, you can tell that like those wide sweeping vista shots that Clojao kind of you know really in, like used in Nomadland. Like that's clearly being used here. It almost reminded me of Arrival a little bit, like in the spaceship design, yeah. kind of like mm-hmm. creeping across this natural environment. So I mean, you know, it looks and sounds great. So yeah, the visuals knows? looked really, really yeah. cool. Um, I didn't like I that last line that Richard Madden has. I don't know. I didn't find it was about it supposed being to be in charge of the about yes leading the Avengers. It, I don't know. Maybe he's just like the I, I, now. he could do. It. He was like a little. He made a little gag, and everybody knew he was kidding or something. I guess, but like I when he if that was supposed to be funny. It's not that it's the joke itself. It was his delivery as a joke. Like I've mm. never seen him in any kind of like comedic role. I, I have no. I know nothing no. about this movie, so it's hard to imagine what where they're going with it. But it, sometimes in the same way. Oh, okay. This is in, in a different way. Honestly, Captain Marvel. I found the jokes not to be funny in that movie at all. Like the delivery yeah. was not great for me. I just felt like some of them kind of like landed flat. Like Samuel Jackson and a few of the other characters, I think, did a pretty good job. But all in all, like I didn't find the jokes to stick too much. Like the tone was a little confusing. The editing um, was a little off on some of those Captain yeah. Marvel jokes. And and yeah. so I maybe I'm a little like I don't know, uh overly cautious about it. But like the like when he when he made that joke, I'm like, oh no. It's Captain Marvel all over again. <laughs> well, it's a lot of people but, who are, none of these people are known for their comedic chops who are in this right now, other than, I guess, Kamel Nanjiani. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't need to be comedic, but but typically speaking, Marvel movies have always had a little levity to them, you know? Yeah. And this one, they, Chloe Chow, obviously not, not uh, two movies in, I guess there was some there was some laughs to be had, I suppose, in Nomadland, but on the whole, a, a fairly emotionally, uh, a lot of pathos in that movie. Okay. And I don't know if Marvel comes through and says we we, we got to make sure jokes are our thing around here. We got to make sure we have some humor. I I just have no idea. But based on the trailer, there's at least one attempt at a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Although based on the trailer, who knows if we'll even see it? I feel like half the Marvel trailers we get now are just like footage that don't make it into yeah. the movie. Cut, so. Cutting room floor stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least um, what they do like usually have is it works. So yeah. that's yeah. true. Aggressive yeah. editing. By the time it gets, but, yeah. By the time it gets yeah. to the and she, oh, Chloe Chow is a Oscar-winning director. I, I've, I trust her instincts. Totally. Oh yeah. But I don't always know if I trust. Uh, Marvel to keep their hands to themselves when it comes to getting mm-hmm. these. Yeah. But, but so far, based on one trailer in, this definitely looks, if I saw it, I would say this is not, nobody would say that's a Marvel movie if not right. for having the actual Marvel logo in there, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, which I don't know if I would say that about any other tr- teaser. Yeah. 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 So so I, I would, I'm would. i excited to see where it goes. I can't believe it's coming out in November. That feels very I soon. I know, it's crazy. Considering yes. we just got our first look at it. I feel um, like us Cape Town people, we're all like, we all don't really have like a, we're not like super excited. We're not any having negative feels. We're just like, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As somebody who's read a lot of comics, Eternals for me are still a little bit of a question mark. Like they are, this yeah. is not a well-known property, even to people who read. I think a lot of people are going to pretend that they've been big Eternals fans for their entire lives, but those right. people are lying. These are, these are <laughs> C-listers at best. Yeah. Yeah, if you Marvel if comments. you claim to be a huge Eternals fan, then show me your Jack Kirby tattoo. It's like <laughs> <Yeah>. I, it's, <laughs> be, it would be 
Which it is like Jack Kirby's kind of final comic book magnum opus. So it has it has a lot of comic book credentials in terms of its creation power. Right. But uh, the 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 Cape Town Eternals episode will take a lot of research on our parts because there's there's really just not a lot of Eternals comics even out there right now for right. you to read up on. Mm-hmm. Um, which is cool because I think it gives Marvel a lot more creative freedom because they don't have to cater to so many fan interests about these things. Yeah. They can they can just kind of take these characters as a, a little bit of a blank slate and, and do what they want with them, which is really cool and, and I'm sure very freeing for them. Uh, but it makes it hard to know how it's a different kind of hype. And I think more of the hype is honestly attached to the creative talent behind the mm-hmm. camera than there is yeah. to the property itself. Yeah. And just the name Marvel. And two really brief, really brief notes. Uh, the first, I we knew this was happening, but it still kind of shocked me that they actually cast Aaron Taylor Johnson to play Craven in Sony's Spider-Man without Spider-Man movie verse. Yeah, and that's it a really surprised. Right yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> and this isn't anything against Aaron Taylor Johnson, who I I feel very I have no strong feelings on one way or the other. He He's been in movies that I've seen. Kick ass. Yeah, which I'm. Yeah. Which I, I like. love Kick ass. The first yeah, one. He's good in yeah. That. yeah, the first one was great. Yeah, I like that first one. And then he was an Avenger <laughs> for right. a movie, and uh, he took down Godzilla. He he took it's down true. Godzilla. Took, yeah. No. <laughs> and now he's gonna be. And now he's gonna be Craven the Hunter, who is a legitimately like I think very cool Spider-Man villain, and I'm. Yeah. Kind of bummed that he's getting deployed in this thing and not in uh, in any upcoming MCU connected movies, or maybe these are connected to the MCU. I I truly don't know how they're playing this hand, but yeah, a choice is probably the best way to put it. Hannah, talk about not knowing how to feel about a movie. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that is definitely not the actor I would that I would pick for no. this character. Not that I'm like I'm super well versed in uh, Craven comics, but uh, I will say that or his stories. But I mean. Optically speaking, it's a leap. I yeah. feel like maybe I kind of in my mind see somebody a little more virile or something. Just, just a little more. <laughs> All I see is like Danny Adam Trejo. Driver. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Adam Driver would be. I'm. I'm sure they called Adam Driver, and I'm sure the. Did. I'm sure the agent didn't even bother picking up the phone. You know, I will say though, like the director of Craven the Hunter movie is JC Shandor. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. And he's made some really good movies. So, you know, it could be that uh What else is he? Like, what, what's Maybe uh, this will maybe this will be cool. He made um All Is Lost, which is which um, I do like. Yeah, the Robert Redford movie. And then he directed Margin uh-huh. Call, which I really like. Um oh, and I didn't like about see the Margin financial Call. crisis. Oh, you would. Uh, it's, it's really good. It's really good. <laughs> and then um, he directed A Most Violent Year uh, with Adam Driver, uh, which is very good. It's a Oscar gangster Isaac. movie from the 80s. Yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah, Oscar Isaac, not, yeah. not Adam Driver. That was Oscar good. Isaac that, I did Justin. like A Most Violent Year. Yeah, that was very yeah. good. Yeah. And then he directed okay. Triple Frontier, okay. which, is not, which is not good. Oscar Isaac is in oh, it, which is Netflix like. Oh, the Netflix one, right? Yeah. Okay, I didn't um, see that. Yeah. It's not very good, well. but. You know, they tried. But yeah, but, that, you know, the odds are in his favor. He's yeah. Like, no. Okay. Okay. I'm back. I'm like, I would say cautiously on board. Yeah. I want to um, see how they, just, I want to see the, I want to see what Craven looks like. I think that's the, that's the yeah, thing. It's like yeah. the first, the first shots from this, uh, from the production are going to be, we're going to really pick those apart here. I look yeah. If he doesn't have it. the absolutely fabulous giant lion split down the middle oh. going all the way to, yeah. then why even, what are you doing? 
Like there exactly. is one, there's only one costume for Craven. It's pretty easy to get right. All yeah. you need is a dead lion. Yeah. And, and, uh, a, and, and make it into a bolero and you've got Craven. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. And I think he has, if I remember correctly, like leopard print leggings that he yeah. wears, which you yeah. got it. You got to have those. Yeah. And so, yeah, I honestly uh, I think I it's the like, costume, right? I can forgive a lot about the movie. Yeah. Who's he, who's he going to hunt though? This is the thing. Apparently not. (laughs) Venom, I guess? They found something for Venom to do. Yeah. Or maybe Tobey Maguire will come back and this is their (laughs) secret. Well, yeah. Or yeah, maybe he already is for the next Spider-Man movie. I don't know. And then we don't need to spend a lot of time on this, but I did. We would be remiss to not bring up the fact that Dwayne Johnson uh, did bless us with an Instagram post uh, because he is currently currently filming the Black Adam movie, which I'm actually, Mm -hmm. I'm like super pumped about. He's been attached to this movie since I think like 2004 or five when was when they first started talking about doing this because he obviously just looks the part of, of black Adam. He's, he's got, and and if you got Dwayne Johnson looking the part of superhero, you got to cast him for it. And so he posted an Instagram of him, of him working out of him getting in, in superhero shape for this. And it's just really, if you haven't seen it, I don't know that anything we say can really do it justice to what he, Mm -hmm. Dwayne Johnson's always big. He could probably just walk in and play a superhero in most movies, but he's going, he's taking himself to a level that honestly, I didn't really know people could get to. Yeah. Very veiny, much bulk. I don't know if I've ever seen somebody (laughs) like this. No. Yeah. And I follow his Instagram account pretty pretty sure. closely. You, know, you got it. You got it. He, for research purposes. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you, you um, got a podcast. So, you know, yeah. Um, he's always, you know, he's very passionate about his gym time. That's true. But I, I was I was a little worried. He looked very tired in that picture. He looked like he maybe did not take enough, like, electrolyte gummies or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's an accusation Allegedly. to throw out. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't know it's, anything. It's a plant. That's what supplement. that's what I would need. That's what I would need to look like Dwayne. Dun- no, there's not enough growth hormone in the world. I would not look like that, like he does. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he made also a very big in the caption a very big to do about how this was all very scientifically moderated because he's supposed to look. I think he's supposed to look like kind of has the the very dry kind of cracked look with all the veins that you can see, which mm-hmm. I think takes yeah. if I if I understand it right, you're not supposed to hydrate very much. So I'm sure yeah, this is really crazy. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> what if they're going like a full Rob Liefeld uh, yeah. art he looks style? Looks like a Rob Liefeld, but he really yeah. does look like a. Rob so he'll Rob just Rob have Liefeld tiny character. feet covered in pouches <laughs> and bulging veins. Yeah, pouches yeah. all over the Black yeah. Adam costume. Yeah. I think my main my main thought when I saw the picture is I just don't want him to hurt himself if he wants to come back to the Fast and the Furious franchise, which is Seriously? my superhero cross crossover event. The Jura- Jurassic so. Park one? No, no, no. The Fast and the Furious ones. Yeah. Like, which they are – apparently there's rumors that Fast, the Fast franchise wants a crossover with oh, the Jurassic yeah. Park franchise, well, obviously. But they, have, but they still have to do 10 and 11 in Fast and the Furious before they can wrap that up. So, okay. yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe got, Dwayne is actually training to become a dinosaur. Oh, that could be. Oh, that's yeah, what's there happening. Because that, that would make sense. The, I see it now. Be, that's the way that they'll take – the family will take him down. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't watch Fast Furious movies. Ryan always whenever. Oh, you'll have a great. Oh, you guys would love them. They'll oh, have a man. great time. There's so much no, fun. I, I don't. I have watched them. I just. Hanno's husband it. and I have watched them several times together. I think. 
it's, it's a beautiful yeah. bonding experience, it's I'm great. sure. And I <laughs> yeah. respect people. I, I let people enjoy things, okay? I watch Outlander. It's fine, all right? Yeah. Um, but I just can't get into those. I, I like, I like you know, flashy action movies. But anyway, I hope he's healthy. Big fan of The yeah. Rock. Yeah. You know, stay, but stay well Waterman. Yeah. yeah. It has never been truer of any franchise that you got to stick with it with the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah. You really have to make it through almost half of it before it gets good. And that's yeah. five movies. It's just like, that's no mean feat. So yeah. just so read it's, Wikipedia it's for one through four and then, uh, yeah. yeah. All right. So, well, maybe one day when I have that many hours of free time available yeah, to me, you might have to get I will. The kids I'll make that happen. Yeah. 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 Exactly. When when my kids are forty, <laughs> I'll do it. And then those will be yep. classic. Those will be on TCM probably at that point. Yeah. So oh, yeah. they'll be well into the Jurassic Park crossover by that point. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, um, I have a question for you guys. I don't think oh, we've yeah. talked about this show. I'm going to throw in a, a curveball. Have you guys seen Invincible? Yes, I finished it. Have we talked about this yet? I've only <laughs> seen one episode. I don't think we it's have out, either. It's outside of the the. It, it's it. It's an image comic that is on yeah. Amazon Prime, I believe, right? Have yes. you finished it, Hannah? No, I've only watched the first episode, and it... Okay. Holy cow. Yeah. Kind of shook me. Yeah. I don't know. That final, I just, that final like, couple minutes in the first one is a lot. Yeah. Uh, it was, like, you know, in the way, like, Harley, Harley Quinn uh, on HBO Max is violent and, you know, crass and all those things, but, like... Oh my gosh! The last couple minutes of that episode of episode one were incredibly violent. Does it continue throughout the rest of the? I would say pretty much season? every episode has at least one scene of a fairly a fairly shocking violence. Is you know if it's renewed was, for another season? It has. It's been renewed for two more seasons. I oh think. Oh my gosh! So it's been at a hit. least. I feel like we kind of have well to talk about that. We we should do. We could do an episode on it. Actually, I I would say that having finished it and having I'm have not read the comics, even though I know they're very well regarded. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know people are big fans of those. I, I thought the show ended quite well. I thought it was very well written, and as shocking as the violence is, it does seem like they are trying to use the violence in a way. I think they they are more successfully doing the sort of thing that Zack Snyder is trying to do, which is show how easily these these kind of godlike characters can become removed or or a little bit distant mm-hmm. from the problems of the people they're supposed to be protecting to the point yeah. where violence starts to get a little desensitized to them a little bit and and they're not able to control the collateral damage from the actions they're doing. And in some cases they do that pretty powerfully in the Invincible show and and have some really emotional moments, especially towards the end. But you do yeah. need a, a strong stomach for a lot of it because yeah. there's some pretty yeah. gross stuff that happens on the way mm. there. No, it, it didn't feel flippant the way they used it or anything. At least no, it's not. Yeah. It's yeah. really not. Whereas I say the Harley Quinn violence is quite flippant. They're using oh, it sure. as a it's a gag. Yeah, and they take they they do say I would say they take violence quite seriously in Invincible. It has violence has a has a collateral and even emotional effect on the people mm-hmm. who commit violent acts or, or in some cases it doesn't. And when it doesn't, it, it's quite chilling, complicated show mm-hmm. to talk about. And I'm not sure I trust myself to say, to give it the <laughs> review that I, that I think it deserves, but coming off of it, I would say, I, I would say I'm a fan. I, I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to season two. It could be curious to, to have a discussion about uh, Invincible and the boys. I feel like they both kind of tackle. Yeah. They certain, come from the same. Yeah, cut from the same. I, know, I know you're a big fan. <laughs> It's weird that uh, it's weird that Amazon is like the home of deconstructed superhero shows now. 
they've got at least those two. Yeah. I guess Jeff yeah. Bezos is just kind of, he must not know it's on his own channel. I don't want to draw a connection I there. I don't want to give him any credit for any of that. I don't. Th- I think not. he just signs. I don't think he look if he wants check. to. If he wants to advertise with us, though, we welcome it. Just yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah sure, yeah. Mr. Bezos. Yeah. yeah, if you're if you're listening, yeah. we'll take. But the I check. know he's not. He there's no way he's in those meetings. You know, being like, uh, yeah, we're I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I think Rogan is actually isn't he? I think he's involved with both of them, Seth Rogan, possibly even. I know he produced the boys. Yeah, and he's a voice on Invincible, but I don't know if he's okay. involved creatively beyond just man, being that cast the in weed, it. the book, Seth yeah. Rogen, the busiest man in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, so we should probably now about twenty minutes in. We I do want to we want to talk about. Lo- I'm actually really yeah. excited about talk, been excited to talk about this episode about Loki because he's such a he has such a weird trajectory as a character both in the movies. And in the comic books that I don't think he has one of those like, extremely unexpected. You can kind of tell that nobody at any point really saw the next era of Loki coming and they just had to pivot based on, it seems like a lot of times on fan reactions to how much yeah. they enjoyed the character and, and trying to figure out how to make this character become what people wanted him to be. And I think a lot of times that's actually, that, that could feel very reactionary. Um, but for the most part has been pretty actually rewarding creatively with a lot of the stories that have been told. So I actually want to start, even though I know we've read a few comics, the first thing I wanted to ask you guys about is on the eve of Loki's, uh, of Tom Hiddleston's Disney plus series. Why do you think this character, um, who is kind of originally a one-off villain for the first Thor movie has become such a, popular mainstay of the MCU and of pop culture at large. Do you have any idea what to attribute that to? Well, I think that he is a character who's existed outside of comics, you know, for hundreds of years before he was ever, you know, made into something like, you know, pop culture makes him unique. So like ancient religion did the heavy lifting of making Yeah. Well, it it already gave him, you know, yeah, there was already like some kind of like, he was already like a notorious figure, you know, in a historical sense, I suppose. Um, and then I feel like he, he, his character evolved quite a bit. If like you go from like, you know, when he started like journey into mystery, the first time you, you know, yeah. Journey into mystery, like 19, 1963 or something. Yeah. Like before, like the, uh, when he was in the Thor, very like the way he's changed the way that they've evolved that the villain and they've had fun with him too where he doesn't just stay uh-huh. like this kind of like evil mastermind like i don't think you've ever seen in my experience i don't think you've seen a character kind of evolve with culture the way that he has yeah i think that's really true i think he like a lot of marvel villains started out as a pretty stock character but like uh-huh. he just he was always like kind of cracking his fingers and being like, oh, I'd like to see Thor get out of this one. And then, <laughs> and then Thor does and, and it's all over, but oh, he yeah. more than a lot of, a lot of villains has evolved and changed. And he's really been on every part of the, what's that? What do they call that gradient of chaotic neutral to yeah. through? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like he's, you can find, you can at some point is you're put him on pretty much every square in there. Yeah, um, yeah, it's totally true. I was like, is he chaotic neutral? Is he just pure chaos? Yeah, you know? is he mm-hmm. is he actually malevolent? And he's really been he started out definitely like very one dimensionally a bad. He's just a big bad guy. Yeah, um, and he's he's 
probably mo- you would still call him a villain in most of his appearances, or at least self-interested in most of his appearances, even if he has some sort of, even if those interests accidentally kind of become like saving the world or, or rescuing yeah. somebody. I, I don't know how often he's ever done anything that would you would call straight up heroic. No, because it has to serve his interests. I mean, he's all about Loki. He's a yeah. He's a he's a vain, yeah. selfish. I mean, character. I think. I mean, I think the comics have done it. Like, I, I mean, it's interesting you're asking this question because I feel like the the movie trajectory has been similar to the comics in that. Uh, I think a big part of it. I mean, a is Tom Hiddleston's performance. I think it's Loki. Like, I've been rewatching the first Thor movie, and it's clear like he's in a better movie than most everyone else's because um, <laughs> he's he's great. He's having a blast yeah. and. You know, I think I think it took a little bit, and, and that's not to take away from Chris Hemsworth or obviously Anthony Hopkins, but I think he just got the character really well. But I think the interesting thing with Loki that you know I think continues to bring him back. And Hannah, you touched on this that like the relationship exists already outside of comics, but I think the key to it is the Thor Loki relationship in. And so the audience, I think, isn't allowed ever to totally hate Loki because Thor never does. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, even even in those moments when Loki is, like, strict villain or chaotic evil, like, somehow Thor always finds it in his heart to forgive him and, like, tr- have him try again or something like that, even when it's awful. And I think, you know, there are moments, like, one of the... I, I was reading through the Kieran Gillen run with Loki with journey into mystery where Loki uh, features pretty heavily. And I I think that's just like, it's a really interesting move because it did something similar. I think that the movies where it kind of like, it kind of begins with Loki being, you know, this villainous character and then kind of having to reset it and be like, Oh wait, people really like him and Thor really likes him. So we're going to bring him back as something more complicated and shaded than just the villain. Yeah, that's a good point, because, like, he, like, sorry, Tyler, um, because, like, not only does Thor love Loki, but Loki has a love for Thor that he can't quite right. shake yeah. either, and, uh-huh. like, and, you know, Thor is a very flawed character, I mean, you know, and there's, there's this kind of, like, animosity there that feels totally natural, like, with siblings, like, this kind of, I don't want to call it a troubled childhood, but like Loki feels very much alone. I feel like, I feel like that's kind yeah. of a big part of who he is, you know, as a fully formed adult. Um, he is, he still harbors those feelings of resentment and kind of uh, neglect, right? you know, from right. his childhood. And I think that what at these best, at the character's best, Loki is, trying to ex- is expressing that he does not feel as welcome as everybody thinks they're making him feel in the yeah. in like the Asgardian royal family as a as the Odin son uh, because he knows that he's always going to be a little bit removed and it seems like nobody ever really validates that and says well yeah of course you don't feel welcome here because you're you have this very like strange twisted legacy of being half frost giant and yeah. uh, and that's like a very, I think that's a completely valid thing for him to feel and to express. And it makes a lot of sense that yeah, that would create a lot of resentment that could manifest in some global domination schemes if you're a, if you're a, the god of mischief. And, uh, and when Thor just tries to write that off, as, as somebody like Thor would, as a very uh, not terribly in, emotionally 
wise person like Thor would to say, no, what are you talking about? Of course we let you in here. Then, yeah. then he continues to not really feel seen. But I think you're right, both in the sense that he, uh, if Thor and Loki didn't at some point express a little bit of love for each other, then we wouldn't, we as uh, readers wouldn't necessarily know how to feel about them either. And the fact right. that Thor still believes there's something in Loki that's worth saving and loving, uh, occasionally rescuing, then, uh, and, I'm, and I'm glad we saw that happen a lot before we started to understand why that might be, before we saw a side of Loki that would maybe be worth saving or worth or feel redeeming, um, which didn't really happen in the movies until, I guess you kind of saw it a little bit in The Dark World, yeah, there's some stuff not, in Dark World that was... I'm not a huge fan of that movie, but I would say Tom Hiddleston really owned his role in that movie quite well. And then obviously in Ragnarok, he becomes pretty much a, a anti-hero and, and fights with the good guys by the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but even in that one, you know, I was thinking about that. Like, There's still the scene where you know, he essentially tries to double-cross his brother like yeah. several times in that movie. Um, and so I think... you know, fun with it. Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, those are my favorite Loki moments or when it's, like, still a little adversarial. Um, but, you know, you sense that there's some kind of deeper relationship there. Are you guys okay? This is a, maybe just a, a little bit of a tangent question, but I am curious. He obviously, and this is a spoiler for uh, for Endgame, or for Infinity War, rather, which I assume everybody who's listening to this podcast has seen, but it is a spoiler for Infinity War, where he obviously dies and then comes back apparently to the point where he's able to get his own TV show, which is the only one of those deaths where there was some sort of retcon that I, that felt to me a little bit, he got a really great send off. And the fact that they're bringing him back again is the only one that rubbed me maybe a little bit the wrong way and felt a little bit, I felt uh, was maybe a little bit cheap in the idea of sacrifice, but we'll see what happens with the TV show. But if the show is great, then I'll allow it. I mean, I don't think so. Cause, cause that, I mean, that Loki's still dead. Yeah, like, I guess that's, I know what you mean. So, I mean, and I know this is like a very comic book, but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> like, but, but we're going to you know, it. I, Yeah. But I mean, you know, like it is that, like that Loki is still dead, presumably. Because I mean, you know, I mean, if you haven't seen the trailer, presumably it's being set up by that scene in Ed Game where a yeah. past version of Loki escapes with. He gets a Tesseract. Uh, yeah, he gets a, a Tesseract. failed attempt to get that. Yeah. And he's in the wind. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you know, on the one hand, like, yeah, I mean, his sacrifice, I guess, is cheapened a little bit, but it's also not that Loki. So who knows if, because in that moment, I mean, to your point, Tyler, like, we hadn't seen him be anything but a villain yet. So um, maybe he's just a bad guy and we don't know. Plus, I I am a sucker for all multiverse hijinks in the sense. Yeah, I I am too. Give me more. Give me more. Yeah. I like how messy, based on the trailers that we've seen, I like how messy this show is getting. Yeah. And I like that we're finally getting Owen Wilson in the MCU. It took us long enough, yeah. but, but we're there yeah. now. The important I thing will is say, happened. I do think it'll feel a little bit cheap, again, in kind of a comic book way, if like somehow his memories, like the, you know, the main MCU's memories are like infused into the new one or something. Oh, somebody um, like where they do one of those like, like yeah, exactly. Or, yeah, they do one of those like, oh, your soul was separated, but now it's back. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, so I hope they don't I'm okay do that, with that. But yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't know. Why, why else do we read comics? if that if that wasn't a like if we didn't have that gift 
I don't know if we would be like we would enjoy this as much because like there's always like a rebirth and there's like a new story to tell. Yeah, I mean, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I also think it's different in. Like for some reason, and maybe this is, I haven't really thought this through, so this might be really stupid, but I, I do think there's a difference between like comics versus uh, movies though, right? Like, cause in comics, you know, it's essentially a never ending soap opera. Like you never know, like those characters can always come back. Like they're, yeah. you know, eternally that age. Whereas in, I think in the movies, like we see characters age and like change naturally because they're humans p- playing characters. So, yeah. you know, I, I think that does lend itself a little bit differently just because of the difference in medium. But, you know, Tom if they Middleton's do that, hair is getting I'll be a little annoyed, thin but. up top. <laughs> <laughs> no comment uh, for me. <laughs> but speaking of the difference between comics and movies, uh, I do want to talk about the the uh, comics that you all have read over the because we've been we've all we've been tackling different Loki stories. Yeah. Um, okay. Which are a surprising did, number of for a villain. Yeah. I, I did any of you guys read um, Blood Brothers? No, I did not. I actually don't even know what that is. It so it was, I, I believe what it was was um, Rob Roddy did a run of Thor. And then they flipped it, and they did a story through Loki's perspective. And it's oh, Thor and Loki Blood Brothers, and it's beautifully illustrated. Um, I'm looking at it now, and this art Rybik. is really this this yeah. art is gorgeous. Yeah, Asad Rybik. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing uh-huh. that wrong. Yeah, uh, what a talented guy! It's gorgeous, and it is an exceptional story uh, in terms of like what we were talking about earlier with like that complicated relationship with Thor and Loki. It dives into it you know, fully, that's kind of what it's all about. And it is, it is so well-written. I loved it. In fact, that's why I was late because <laughs> I was finishing it <laughs> and it's so, so good. Um, I'm kind of shocked. I've never even heard of this story because I'm looking at this artwork now and this is really spectacular. This is just beautiful stuff. Yeah. And I like Esau Rebek, but this even feels like a, he's on a different level. What a find. So the yeah. basic story is like, it tells two stories or one well, story this, through two different perspectives? This one is pure. This The one I read was all Loki. Um, I, okay. I think that there's like a run where it's just, you know, typically going through Thor's, you know, perspective. But this, it's, I don't want to spoil too much about it since you guys haven't read it. But it, you know, he, basically Loki's taken over Asgard. He's imprisoned Odin. He's imprisoned Thor. And... He is utterly tormented with the fact that, like, power and reign has not come naturally to him. Like, he can't seem to get his handle on ruling the, like, you know, Asgard. And I don't think, like, most other, uh, you know, runs I've read with with Loki have not been, you've you've not seen such a dramatic, tormented version of him. And in this, uh, Oh my gosh, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it without like spoiling everything, but the ending is amazing. It is worth it. It's an easy read for an afternoon. Go for it. It will it'll be worth it. Oh, I can't wait. I might I might dive into it tonight. What a great what a great pop what a great yeah. podcast for recommendations about what comics to read. Yeah. This is great. Isad and I th- I think it, I don't know if it's Rybic or Ribic. I I'm, I'm afraid I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Yeah, it's but, Croatian. Uh, but he has also, he was the artist for most of Jason Aaron's uh, very well-regarded Thor run. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
yeah. through through most of the 2000s, honestly. Yeah, this and, was in 2011, uh, so it was probably Okay, so it could have been a part of that or a spinoff it of was. that at some point. It was, it was, Okay, yeah. okay, I see. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rebecca is now on the current Eternals series as Marvel starts to mm-hmm. grease the wheels for the Eternals come. So if you, oh, that'd be cool, so yeah. He does, he's very good at drawing these sort of mythic characters in extremely yes. uh, godlike poses. He really likes the, the idea of creating these larger-than-life yeah. figures who have this almost kind of... Uh, Literally eternal quality to yeah. them. Uh, and his Loki painted, does not does not look like the Loki from the MCU or even most no. of the other iterations. Like he's he's kind of gross looking. <laughs> like almost a sinister kind of diabolical. Character. Well, he looks you know he looks like he comes from Jotunheim. I guess um, he's <laughs> he's you know got that tall, very like much taller, thinner. He's you know. He's, his complexion is not what it like. He doesn't look like someone from Asgard. He definitely looks different. And he's got like kind of like very toothy, but like missing teeth too. Um, and so it's, it's definitely a, not like any of the other uh, iterations of Loki you've seen. So, which is, you know, fun. It's different. And that's all uh, Marvel Unlimited? People who want to check it out? I believe it is. I bought a few. I know that the Rob Roddy run is definitely um, is definitely all up, up there. I'm not sure if this okay. one is, but it might be. I'm sorry, that's not very helpful information for everyone. <laughs> I bought yeah, it for $6.99 on Comixology. So. That's a bargain. That's a bargain. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, a that's, a, yeah. that's two Big Macs and fries. That, that's, oh, you yeah. Can do this. yeah. It is one Maybe. grande flat white. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, but it was it was it was superb, honestly. And I don't I don't say that about a lot of comics, right? But it was it was superb. Really oh, good. blood brother! We'll we'll put a, I'll put a link into the show notes to yeah to where, where people can go buy it and read it legally themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Ryan, what did you uh, what did you get into? Uh, so I was I was trying to find like a good jumping on point because um, I haven't read a lot of Thor um, or a lot of Loki, obviously, um, and. I'd remembered like, and then I, I stumbled, I came across this and then remembered kind of the, like reading it probably like 10 years ago at this point. Um, but a lot of people said that their favorite run with Loki is, uh, starting at the end of siege, um, kind of that big crossover. Oh, event. Yeah. I think that, I think that yeah. Bendis wrote, um, back in the either late two thousands or early 2010s. Um, and, so if you remember, and sorry for spoiling a decade-old comic, um, but, you, you know, like, so the end of Siege, Loki's kind of responsible for the destruction of Asgard um, and ends up dying in the process. And so that then leads into a new series of Thor written by Matt Fraction, which then segues into uh, Journey into Mystery uh, by Kieran Gillen. Um, and during the Thor run... Uh, Thor resurrects Loki in the body of a of a kid, so he becomes Kid Loki. Yeah, um, and it's really interesting. Like, so it's really well written. Um, it's you know obviously like super high fantasy and great. Um, like half of Journey into Mystery takes place in the various regions of Hell. Um, but I think you know something I really appreciated that this series does is uh, track kind of that push and pull between Loki being good and trying to potentially redeem himself while not being sure like where his status is. And I think something that they do really interestingly in journey into mystery is the, 
you know, the previous Loki, who is kind of um, positioned as much more of a villain, really chaos incarnate. Um, he he comes back, but not as a not as a person. He comes back as a bird um, that kid Loki can kind of, you know, command to do various things. Um, so it sets up this really interesting dichotomy between the two of them, this Loki that's sort of learning the ropes and then this Loki that's sort of, um, you know, really, really damaged by everything. Um, I also read the four issue miniseries, um, Loki, I think from 2010, it was published, uh, and that was written by Sebastian or wait, no, that was, that's the penciler. I don't even I'm not sure who wrote this, so I apologize to the creators. Um, but the penciler was uh, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, which I'm probably butchering, so I apologize. Um, and that that one, I think, is also a good one, Hannah, similar to the one you mentioned, because mm-hmm. it's, it kind of takes place outside of all this stuff going on in the Marvel Universe, and it's just sort of this separate event. Um and I think, you know, sometimes, sometimes, and uh, this is where Loki can be difficult to talk through is just like, you know, the Olympian counterparts, there are a lot of like Norse gods and their relationships are extremely confusing. So, um, that one gets into that a little bit more, um, and I think a really interesting way, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think like there's a lot to love in those series if you're, you know, at all a fan of mythology or, kind of the complicated machinations of um, various gods and goddesses. So there's a lot of fun stuff there. Mm. It's uh, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. Thank you. So that, yeah. you know, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that one probably didn't roll off the tongue for you. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I've heard that one. That's ex- And it's four. Up, you know, it's an easy Yeah, it's just a little four. Yeah, just a little yeah. four one. Lots of miniseries. Lots of very easy. If you're looking to get into Loki, it's a pretty manageable. Like some of the Thor runs are, are obviously extremely long. Yes. And yeah. A, yeah. A lot of his runs really do more than even most Marvel characters. Mm-hmm. Writers like to take him on for long periods of time, which makes jumping on a little more difficult sometimes, but also his stuff is pretty far removed from the rest of the stuff that's happening in the universe. So yeah. you can kind of just pick one up and plow through yeah. it for a, it just might take you a few weeks. Can we also talk about the Thor font and how it sucks to read? <laughs> we talked I knew about we were going to bring this up. This, yeah, is my, it is. <laughs> this is my hot take. Like I hate like the, like they always make Thor and all the, you know, gods of, uh, all the gods of Asgard have this like typeface that mm-hmm. is extremely hard to read. Just put it in normal comic font. It's yeah. fine. Anyway, that's my, isn't, that's my, isn't it supposed to communicate that they're like on. speaking in sort of the, guess, the high, the high but tone all you have or to, something. All you have to do is on the first page, you put a little asterisk and you just say translated from the high tongue. It's super easy. It is. It's a little distracting sometimes. I, sometimes I don't mind it. And like, if I'm like alone in a room, like sometimes I read it in like a British. Oh like yeah. A, like, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I I, I oh, absolutely read. I if I if I can if I'm alone. Yeah, I read them out. I read them out loud. It's so fun. Wow. I'll cast different real, characters too. I'll cast this is actors. a real confession and, oh, yeah, time. Big time. I'm all Man. about it. Makes oh, it, I totally did that with Blood Brothers. Me. It was great. Okay, and also, didn't um, Loki make an appearance in? Um, the Miss Marvel run several years ago. Wasn't he in a few issues of that? I believe I that's a, true. That was yeah, a really I, fun interaction. I love that. I think you're right. Yeah. Was a he lot still of teen Loki at that point? Did what was it that run? Was he still teen Loki at that point? No. 
don't oh, okay. Because so. no. that well, I was just like because after it after Journey to Mystery, then then he joins the Young Avengers. Oh yeah, and then I I also read Vote for Loki, which um, is is fine, but I can't read anything about the 2016 election because it's just like not fun. It's over. Trigger alert. We yeah. need to go back yeah. to the, yeah yeah. We don't have history. to go there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is funny because he does have like so many co- like comedic kind of moments in the comics, and then and then utter just like depravity and kind yeah. of like I don't know like turmoil and others. It's very yeah. it comes all over the place. So yeah. it depends on what mood you're in that day, really. I mean, yeah. have your pick. Tyler, what about you? What did you What did you read? Yeah, so so I read. I actually went back a little bit, and I read a run that I kind of always wanted to read, but had never really dug into. And it's it's a classic that I think a lot of people would consider one of the better Marvel runs ever. And it's Walt Simonson's Thor run, mm-hmm. which started in the eighties wow. and lasted up till I believe ninety is when it stopped. Mm-hmm. He wrote Android Walt Walt Simonson and his wife Louise Simonson were kind of like major players at Marvel during this era. She was really influential on Claremont's uh, X-Men series and the New Mutants, kind of helping make the X-Men who they, who we know that, kind of reforming them from being a, a like, group of teen youths at a school into being more of the X-Men as we think of them now with Wolverine and Nightcrawler and Colossus. And Walt was there to, he was really kind of her helper for a while, her assistant, and then he got a crack at Thor and it became very, very definitive. So his Loki had was still it was still a few years before his Loki became Loki was could kind of play either side like we've been talking about could maybe like he was he's pretty definitively a bad guy through most of this run but what I really do like about this run and and this Loki in particular is how playful it really is it, it's hmm. it, this is not a Thor run that takes <laughs> itself very seriously and. Yes. The it's got a few. It's got well, yeah. The frog is the frog is his his legacy. Um, (laughs) So there is a a pretty lengthy run that I think runs a couple of years. Probably, I I mean, obviously, I read it in about uh, a weekend. But Loki turns Thor into a frog, uh, and this and he becomes the ruler of Asgard in the meantime. And finally, Frog Thor finds his own miniature Monyor, and he, so he becomes Thor again, but he is still a frog with the hammer and the winged helmet. And the, and Does he find a swamp to, to rule? <laughs> and then he gets, in, well, he gets involved in this Central Park fight between the frogs and the rats. He becomes like the hero of the <laughs> oh, frogs. And that's great. The, and it's, it's absolutely spectacular writing. It's so much fun, and okay. it's very, very... Which a lot of comics were not doing at the time. They were moving towards yeah. more edgy stuff. You know, it was yeah. getting Frank weirder and darker and <laughs> mm-hmm. Punisher and Daredevil were really moving in that direction. And in the meantime, Thor is going both high fantasy and extremely like uh like almost childlike like storybook types of but and, and he navigated it really, really well. So Loki in this is definitely the villain, but he's a villain kind of, he, it feels more like a Disney villain, maybe a, a character mm. who is definitely out for his own ends, but is not just looking to rule the world or, or bloodshed on a human genocide level, but yeah. is just looking to be literally a god of mischief, like pull crazy godlike pranks that only he can pull just because he likes causing trouble and chaos yeah. and giving people a hard time 
and really uh, it's a, it's aged really really well if you have any interest in going back to some of the older you know some mm-hmm. sometimes reading those old comics art can be a little bit of a hindrance because it wasn't as good at the time in many cases um but this is i think quite good and i i, I flew through it it also has the great uh walter simonson is behind the introduction of better ray bill who is oh, one of my favorite <laughs> Loki, one of my favorite kind of obscure Marvel characters. He's a horse-faced alien who... Yes. And he shows up in Walter Simonson's first Thor, his first issue of Thor. This horse-faced weirdo alien proves worthy of picking up Thor's hammer and becomes Thor for, like, a while in the comics. (laughs) (laughs) And Don Blake is just walking around with with his old walking stick. And uh, that's also just a, it's a really great flex that uh, undermines the idea that only Thor could, which at the time had been nobody else, to my knowledge, had wielded Thor's hammer or proven worthy of it. So for this brand new character who looks ridiculous to pick it up was definitely a a choice. And uh, and I, I enjoyed that too. So this would be, if you want some really good classic Loki and Thor lore, then uh, this is all on Marvel Unlimited and uh, really can't recommend it strongly enough. And it proved very, very influential to the future Thor and Loki eras as well. I, uh, I, I liked it a lot. It was great. Um, that, so that, that's are, like on the list of most, like I feel like, popular, famous Loki runs. is. Uh, I, I think that even if you looked up like greatest iconic. Marvel comics runs of all time, a lot of times yeah. that pops up near, like near the top. It, it's a yeah. very well regarded. So I felt kind of embarrassed that I know it's kind of like, it's kind of like having a Led Zeppelin podcast and having never listened to House of the Holy. You, you got to get to it. So <laughs> I felt a little silly to, for me to be here. Not yeah. having, having not read that. Well, neither have I. So I will also <laughs> add to that um, in some of the, earlier Loki comics, like going back in a journey into mystery. If you have kids who are interested in reading comics um, and, or maybe it was, you know, it was a journey into mystery. There's a few scenes with Loki where, you know, this is his early rendition and he's, you know, like he's just kind of foolishly going after Thor and he's attacking him with pigeons. I don't <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'll take him down. Like the, the pigeons will fly around him and confuse him and all these uh, crazy things. And then he goes to the city and he's just trying to, you know, create chaos. And he just, he turns all the human beings into negatives of themselves. And then he goes to another city and he turns up like all the cars into ice cream and candy and all the people are like my car is melting. And it's just so <laughs> silly, but I just felt like you know, my kids would love this. So I feel like if yeah. you're looking for a great kind of, innocent just yeah. <laughs> pure comic story to point. share with your children yeah that'll be oh. some good summer some good summer reading yeah it, it, they, i feel like they would be delighted with that it was super yeah. fun that's good especially since a lot of the thor and loki stories can get a lot of the asgard stories can get very horny i feel like it's a very oh, yeah. a lot of like there's a very these are very sexually charged stories in a lot of ways Sometimes yeah. explicitly, and sometimes it's it's right under the surface, and you can tell yeah. it's there, but they're not they're not saying anything. And so, and sometimes like really violent. I mean, I think we yeah. we like we've talked a little bit about it, but it's like you know, I mean, you have like you have the the existence of Hela essentially, it, like, and then this entire race of like undead Viking soldiers who are cannibals eating the souls of the dead. Like, so it's, you know, and, and then, you know, constantly kind of the, the specter of Ragnarok lingering over where just like all the gods will be killed mercilessly. 
Um, They've actually done over the years a really great job of retaining Ragnarok as that like all the gods know that they are they will they are doomed. Ultimately, that feels like a very important part of the lore that has even even in Thor's kind of like ups and downs as a as a character because he's had good writers and bad writers over the year that that has main that has been there and it feels like an important part of his characterization even up to today right right now Don Cates and I think people know that I'm a big fan of Don Cates and he's on the current run of Thor which I think is is quite good and I'm enjoying it a lot uh but the there is this idea for all of the Asgardian gods that the clock is ticking on their existence mm-hmm. and their homeland and that that has a measurable impact on how they act and how who they love and how they decide to spend their very long but finite lives. Uh, and I appreciate that. That's something that I've been interested in seeing the movies tackle a little further. Yeah. Movie? Yeah, for sure. Movies? I don't know if we're getting one after Love and Thunder. I don't know if this is the end of the... Yeah, who could know? Maybe Beta Ray Bill will come, would be the new Thor. Oh, I hope Beta Ray, <laughs> I hope Beta Ray Bill is in Love and Thunder. I mean, Taika yet, Waititi could do it. I mean, yeah. that Taika just feels totally like right. Do it. That's like that's low hanging fruit for him. I it's mean, yeah. right come there. On. <laughs> it's right there. If they don't do it, I was really pumped when they cast. Uh, uh, I can't think of Gladiator. Russell, Russell Crowe. Crow? Yeah, when they cast Russell Crowe in it, because I thought, oh, he could be. He would be a great better. Bill. It makes sense. But then uh-huh. he, it turns out he's not better. A Bill. So yeah. So as long as somebody's better. A Bill. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't really care who. It could. It could be a, Kate McKinnon. Well, somebody. Take, it doesn't take matter. Take a YTT. Uh, he. You know. He voiced uh, Krog or Korg. Korg. Yeah. He was uh, Korg. And Ragnarok, yeah. and he did a great job. So oh, maybe yeah, he, he can, was do, great. He can he get some more of that action. Yeah. yeah. And I Piece want him to because he was awesome. So. Piece of cake. Please. Um. So we are we are about out of time. I, I think that we will. So the, the you know, you know, this is coming out next Friday, and then Wednesday, obviously, you will be able to to see. We'll see Loki for the first time. So we'll yeah. discuss Loki a little bit when we come back next week and our thoughts on at least the first episode and how we're feeling about that. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to the Cape Town Podcast. If you like what you hear here, I do hope that you go and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us wherever you cast your pods. Uh, we're also on YouTube. If you have any interest in it, we're, we're YouTube influencers now as well. So another easy way for you to connect with us. Uh, we also obviously do appreciate all the good reviews. Uh, I've seen a lot new, a lot of new ones come pouring in. Thank you so much for that. Could use a lot more of those as well. Those really do help us uh, continue to do what we do here. And uh, I think with that, uh, we will be. Oh, I do want to give a quick shout out to my man Justin Mazel, Hannah's oh, husband. Yeah. It's his birthday today. He let he mm-hmm. he. I'm sure you guys had a big evening planned. And you took a little hour breather for you to come record um, the podcast. So thank he's you for putting that, together a Warhammer model. This is a very <laughs> nerdy family. Just, <laughs> Even just, so, no, no, a birthday shout out. He also happy. did all the art. He did. He did all yeah, the art for the yeah, podcast more, as more well. Yeah. And and that. Yeah. So so thank you very much for that, Justin, and happy birthday. And uh, thank you, Hannah, for for slipping out to record a quick podcast for us too. I appreciate oh. that. Thanks for making it work. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Cape Town Pod or on Facebook and Instagram at Cape Town Podcast. No need for thanks, citizen. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Hannah Mazel. And I'm Ryan Ham. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.